Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we are here to fix your lives. That said, we're two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. I always say to myself that I'm going to read that differently. I mean, not read. I'm not reading. I'm saying it. It's yeah. extemporaneous. But that I'm going to throw in some inflection and then the time comes and I'm just a robot. I feel like I, I've memorized it and yet I still have to look at the paper. Always. Like I can do it in the mirror when I'm yeah. practicing. I'm like, neither. See, I just did it now. I can't not yeah. do it without looking Maybe at the paper. Maybe we should do one episode totally. Stop it. With no prep. Wait, let's Only do it right emails. now real quick. Okay. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Struggle Bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said, we're two people. We're two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Yeah, it helps me read it. I think we nailed it, though. Yeah, we I mean, did. we got the words down. We did. Okay. All right. So you can tweet at us, and oh my goodness, we got some of the best tweets. Apparently, we sure have uh, well, first of all, our uh, Twitter account is at strugglebuspod. You can email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail Use the hashtag strugglepodbuds420 to find a struggle buddy and tweet at Sally T or me at SPK Heller. We finally found out that our youngest listener is a seven-month-old. Pretty exciting. So hello. (laughs) Hello, seven-month-old. And actually, though, I have another friend Uh who also listens with her baby. And a toddler I, I feel off. like the baby might be younger than seven months. Ooh. I don't know. But she might not hear this for a while because I think she's like starting with the first episode. Right. So it's going to take her a while to catch up. Well, apparently someone's kid dances to the theme song every time it comes on. It's pretty adorable. And, um, yeah, Marty Scanlon, ladies and gentlemen, who could not come to my birthday party. What a bummer. Which is a shame because he's got a good voice. Uh, so let's talk about it. I did it. Y- yo, let can okay, we... Okay, you guys. We have to spend the next... 37 minutes talking about your birthday party (laughs) because it was amazing first of all um remember when i told you the story about throwing the sock in a rage Mm -hmm. do you know why that is Mm -mm. i think oh i didn't tell you this um a few weeks before my birthday my boyfriend sits me down and he goes "Catherine, um i'm really sorry but on the day of your birthday i have a rehearsal and i'd like for you to come because um it would mean a lot to me and i was like what and I was like, you know, I support you, but I can't even believe you're asking me this. I was like, what time is it? He's like, 10 p.m. And I was like, after dinner? What the? You know I don't hang out past. What the? I'm so, I'm sorry. I just like, I want to support you, but like, I can't actually believe that you're asking me to do this. And he was about to cry. And he goes, Aww. I can change the rehearsal time. So then <laughs> he made it the day before my birthday at 4.30. And I was still in a rage, but I was like, fine, I'll go to the fucking rehearsal. He wants my feedback. I know all the actors at the school he yeah. um, uh, is at. He's a student. He's not a teacher, by the way. Um, and I went, and it turns out that it was a surprise. The whole thing was a surprise. And they uh, serenaded me with an Oasis song that I love. Uh, They learned it on the piano, ukulele, and guitar. And there's video of it. And I legitimately uh, lost my mind, started to cry. And I also still, part of me was like, but there's still a rehearsal, right? Like, that's still going (laughs) to happen. And they were like, no. And then I went, yes. And then I feel like an asshole because they were like, you don't want to. No, but that's like, it's such a risque surprise on his his part. The video was a bit of a tearjerker. You guys, I mean, should I post it on the website? Probably. yeah. He he like walked up to you playing the guitar, singing to you, serenading you. And then I got flowers and then like they all recorded it and, and edited it for the me. The whole like let's make it clear it that all insane. of the people in the class or whatever in the play were were joining in his program. In, in his program. In his ear, the actors, directors, and playwrights. It was pretty adorable. There was one person missing, but you know, that's okay. And uh I yeah. It was amazing. I thank you. So that was that. Do you want to also talk about your amazing party? Okay, so then that happened. Uh, Sally, what, what did you, what did you think of my birthday party? Your birthday party. <laughs> first of all, it was so much fun. <laughs> the way it was executed was amazing because mm-hmm. it was during the day, mm-hmm. which is great. Which is perfect because mm-hmm. you go, you get to go to a party and have a lot of fun, and then you leave, and it's not like super late at night. And it was in a basement, and they had like a laser light show, yeah. so it felt like it was two it, in the morning, it, but it was only two in the afternoon. It felt like Saturday night at a bar. But Thank it was you. way better because it was Sunday afternoon at a bar. <laughs> um, but and you had it was karaoke and people there was like a mix of just kind of regular Joes, mm-hmm. but then also people who definitely have performance backgrounds. So it would be like 
so it would be like regular person totally committing mm-hmm. and doing an amazing job singing mm-hmm. and then alternating with someone who's performed all their lives and is like doing some kind of a showstopper. Which is great. And I had friends from elementary school, high school, college. It was packed. It was packed with like so many amazing people. I really felt the love. They did a um a slideshow and a song for me yeah. that they wrote. They brought I, you up on stage. It was really touching. Oh, boy. There were definitely, at one point I looked around and I was like, I've seen... I've been to shows here with fewer people that are at your party. Oh, <laughs> Seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was I, – I can't even go on enough about how happy and how loved I felt. And thank you so much for everyone who tweeted at me as well on my birthday Aww. or Facebook me and stuff. You guys were awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's how I was. Well, Sally, how was your week? <laughs> well, here's the thing. <laughs> I've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but I get sick every six weeks. Right. And it's not – sick in the sense of like I get a cold it's <clears throat> sick like I I work myself into a fine powder uh and, and you I work out a lot too I work so out a lot that, yeah, yeah. I I also work a lot um and I don't rest enough just like I don't rest from working out enough I don't rest from life enough and um so I started tracking I started using a paper calendar which I've talked about yeah. on the podcast and that is how I know <laughs> that this happens every six weeks wow um, yeah so Anyway, what happened was last Wednesday afternoon, I was like, oh, man, I think I'm getting sick. And then like an hour later, I was like, "Uh oh, it's happening. And so for the next like several days, I was just laid up and fatigued. And I was actually kind of a human being again by the time your party came around, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did have a stomach bug the day before that everyone at my boyfriend's school gave me because they all were vomiting the same day I was. It lasted like two seconds and it was awful. But I was was fine by the next day. Yeah, so I, w- I was laid up for most of the week, but, uh, you know, I got a lot of good TV watching done. And now I know that this happens every six weeks, so I'm just going to every six weeks take an entire yeah. week off for my whole life. And you gave me the best birthday present. Well. Sally got me a picture that um, Ann Whitman, the photographer, mm-hmm. took of the last live show, the last one, the first live mm-hmm. show, um, and blew it up, and it's gorgeous, and it's on my wall now. And it's it's us on stage, and we look like we're really giving advice. Yeah. It's pretty cool. We look really good. Yeah, it's we look awesome. Shot. Ann Whitman is an artiste. And then, well, I don't want to say that this was better, because it wasn't, but I did get <laughs> from my friend Wendy, uh, a Neko Atsume Tubbs crochet doll. The resemblance is incredible. It's amazing. Definitely not a legal uh, knockoff. It's not exactly Tubbs. It's Wait, probably... did she make it? No, I'm pretty sure someone like okay. Etsy or something okay, made okay. it. You know, it's not an official copyright uh, Tubbs, but it is gorgeous. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. So those and, are my two adorable. favorite presents. Yeah. I just want to say really quick that we're at my apartment. And because I live near a hospital and there are ambulances and just also a lot of traffic noises, all of the windows are closed. Mm -hmm. And it's... It was thousand degrees when we started. It was I think like eighty nine degrees. Yeah, and I, now I it's sweating. like ninety four degrees. I have like pit stains under yeah. my shirt from I'm coming so, here. I'm so so sorry. Oh, that's fine. Um, global warming. So I'm sorry you were sick, and I'm so Thank glad you. you were able to be better by the time of my party. And yeah. your girlfriend is an amazing performer. Holy crap! Can we talk about her singing, Gloria? She was amazing. I've never seen her sing before, and I was totally mesmerized yeah and not to be ridiculous but sometimes your partner does something and you fall in love with them all over again Ugh. and i was just watching and being like oh my god this is amazing it was sexy it was so fucking it's sexy. like when my boyfriend uh you know started strumming guitar and singing oasis right? i was like stop it that's yeah. it that's all you gotta yeah, do yeah that was sexy by We're the way done. yeah no totally Ugh. oh uh i am allowed to say this um i can't say where and i can't say exactly how or when but he is not an actor anymore, but he um, he's a play right now, but um, he used to be an actor. He just got cast to play Tim Riggins in a... Did, did I tell you about this? Yeah, or? you did. Yeah, I did, yes, in a recreation of Friday Night Lights um, in New York City. And I maybe have a part in it as well. What? I don't know yet. Yeah, so... Do you know who you're going to be or can you not say? I can't say because I don't know, but also oh God, it's so going to be a small part, so... That's so exciting. I'm, I begged to be in it, basically. I And they were like, a small part? I was like, there are no small parts, only small actors. It's the pilot. Every part is big. I will play the so mayor. True. I will play uh, Street's mom. Wait, are they, um, they're, they're recreating the pilot? The pilot. Oh, my God, that is 
So we watch. You have to tell me when this is happening. I, I need to go. I know. So sorry, guys. We're talking so much about ourselves, but um, you know, hey, it was my birthday. But Sally, you were doing a lot better, and I'm glad. You know, thank keep you. Posted about the six week thing because maybe it's good that you track it. And now you can like yeah. ease up a little bit. Well, I've already um, see that's my little paper schedule, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you see sick with an arrow. Nice. Um, so I've already scheduled when my week Perfect. off is going to be. If right. you flip the page, it's April, and it's going to be um <laughs> your birthday, right? It's going to be the week after my birthday Great. week. I'm going to take off from life. Perfect. So no one talked to me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, so what did we do to help ourselves this week? Okay. Do you want to segue into this? Because it looks like the, yeah. the, the Google It's related. It's, it's related. related, yeah. So a lot of times, because of the kind of job I have, you can kind of do it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's... You're re- a brain surgeon, right? I'm a brain surgeon and I can mm-hmm. operate in my apartment. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's super easy to work from anywhere at any time. Um, as long as there's Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times... Are they okay with that or do they I mean, not encourage it? They prefer that you work in the office, but like if you're feeling under the weather and, they don't you're, get- and you're like, I'm well enough to work, but I don't want to... I'm not well enough to like go in. You can work from home or whatever. But um, so, so a lot of times I don't feel well enough to go to work, but I stay home and work anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's tiring to work, even though I'm not doing, you know, manual labor. It it's tiring and well, you know you use your brain like you're yeah. writing you're researching and, and sometimes interviewing i'm interviewing and stuff, and, stuff. Mm-hmm. and uh so it doesn't really help you recuperate to work when you're sick so i actually okay i wrote in the doc here that we're looking at i legit didn't work when i was sick it's kind of a lie because i had three interviews scheduled over two days and i actually still did those but, but yeah. the whole rest of the time I legit didn't work. Good. And it was a good decision. Did it help? I think I recuperated way faster. Usually I'm kind of a shit show for longer. Yeah, no, you have to just take time off. Yeah, um, yeah the thing I did this week is I, after my official birthday but before the party, because mm-hmm. I like to stretch it out, Yeah, I had a really important business meeting with a potential client. I don't want to talk too much about it because well, well, nothing's well. official, but we had a great phone meeting before and this was us meeting in person and I Googled her and she's just really impressive, a very cool and impressive uh, feminist, awesome, like, you know, legit. Just and- nod. You don't have to say it out loud. Is it Connie Britton? No, it's not. But no. oh my God, Damn I would it. die. Okay. Are you okay. kidding? You think I would be here right now? That's a really good point. I okay. would be at her Fair house. Okay. Um, and I actually got a little bit nervous to meet her. And I don't normally get nervous before interviews. And this was the second interview. We already knew each other, but it was a personal thing. And for me, whenever I'm interviewed, I always see it as I'm interviewing them as well. Like, do I want to do their podcast? Like, I don't have to if I don't want to. And right before I got to her apartment and I was going to meet her and her friend, um, there was a guy in the street who was homeless and he fell down and he he started bleeding and he passed out. And I used to be a a lifeguard in Canada. That's a long story. Whoa. I was trained. I wasn't actually a lifeguard. But I learned that when someone falls, especially if they're bleeding and, you know, on the head or whatever, don't move them because Uh it could be a spinal injury. You could make it worse. You could get sued. Call, you know, an ambulance, stay with them, but don't touch them because you never know what's going on if they're having a stroke or whatever. And these two guys are like trying to help him up and all of us other people are like, no, don't touch him. And also he's bleeding a lot. Who knows? Like, just be careful. We're pulling out our phones and um, we see a car turning like a truck, didn't see any of us and started to like come towards us. And we all like stop the truck. And when that happens, the two guys pick up the guy and then put him on the street and he falls down again. I'm like, right, exactly. How could your first instinct be to pick up someone who's bleeding on the floor? And then just put them back down. They obviously need to lay down for a second because they're bleeding from the head. Like, they're in the middle of the street, but like, we're going to stop traffic. It's fine, you know? And it was so upsetting. And then they called the ambulance and it was fine. And I knew it was going to be all right. So I went to the meeting and I got there and I was so nervous. And I realized like, why am I so nervous? So I went to the bathroom. I was like, oh, excuse me, I'm going to wash my hands. And I had to stand there for the first time. I almost had a panic attack, like a legit panic attack, because I was like, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm going to fuck it up so bad. She's going to hate me, which doesn't make any sense. And then I was like, Catherine. So I said in the Google Doc, go back to your toolbox. Learn what you, uh, you know, did in therapy and other things and use it. And I did. And it's like, it's not, you just forget sometimes. And I realized I'm upset because I saw a guy bleeding from the head who was disoriented and I'm worried about him. And two idiots try to stand him up. Yeah, like that's why I'm upset, okay? And I said, just go out there. And this is my best interview advice, by the way. And I learned this from improv, which I use all of my tools from improv. You never know what's going to happen when you walk into the room. Mm. You can't write the interview in your head. You can't prepare for a date. You can't prepare for an improv scene because the other person doesn't have the script. You have to walk in as if 
you have no idea what's going to happen and you're open to anything and read the room. That's so I, cool. I That's just, such good advice. It's great. So I just walked right out there and all of a sudden she's like, oh, hey, I was listening to Tell the Bartender. Next thing you know, we're having a conversation about that. I was put at ease. We had a great conversation. I fell in love with them oh and God. it looks like we're going to be working <gasps> together, which is great because like I loved them. That's so exciting. And um, But I, for the first time, almost had a really bad panic attack. But you staved it off, which is like the headline. That's amazing. I go on auditions every day. I don't get nervous. I meet new people all the time. It was definitely not related to the interview. But yeah, I think it's definitely important to be able to notice how things that happen can really throw you you off your game. And you might think that like you're upset about something and you're like why am I upset about this this kind of thing never upsets me and then mm-hmm. you you realize that something happened earlier and sometimes it's like hard to connect those dots you know yeah and I had to take a moment and if it means like I'm gonna go pee like whatever mm-hmm. just take a moment mm-hmm. and um calm down you you don't know what's gonna happen in the next five minutes you mm-hmm. don't know what's gonna happen in the next day I kind of like living my life like that like I wish I could write the script to my life I can do only so many things but you know, surprises happen and um, you go with it. I hate surprises. I know, right? So that's me going back to the toolbox. Well done. Thank you. Um, Sally, we have another iTunes review. We sure do. I actually know who this person is. Do you? They are amazing. I hope we haven't read this one before. I don't think we have. Okay. Um, Okay, so the review is from... Lilibet. Lilibet. And it says, I love advice columns, but they can get a bit preachy, and I end up (laughs) hating the person asking the question. (laughs) The struggle bus is not that way. The questions and answers are less, what would Emily Post do, and more, hey, I am a human being who has a real problem. Hmm. In fact, I'm slightly concerned they are reading my thoughts because every episode addresses a problem I am am having. If they are, that's okay. Keep it up. Lilibet, I am uh, reading your mind. We both are. uh, I will say, yeah, you shouldn't have uh, watched those cats. Um, <laughs> she was a guest on my last episode of Tell the Bartender. Uh, gotcha. I actually don't um, know her very well, but we met through the internet. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I liked this one a lot because uh, I was listening to another podcast and someone was being interviewed about an advice podcast mm-hmm. she's going to start. And she was like, I hate how people who give advice are all preachy and it's so stodgy. And she was like complaining about the like advice giving industry. And I was thinking about the struggle bus. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Should we hold for ambulance? Guys, enjoy the authentic sounds. Hey, that's of, the wambulance. Uh, <laughs> who's got problems? Um, right. Of uh, yeah, but um, and I was thinking about the struggle bus, and I was like, you know, I think we don't have that problem, which is cool. I think it's good because we're we're so self aware. No, I think it's we don't pretend to have all the answers. Mm-mm. I think we're like we have some life experience. Uh, we always say go to therapy, but. It's more like everyone can relate to these things. And I would never tell anyone, like, you're a jerk. Like, don't do that. Leave that guy. Like, well, I mean, we've said that before. But (laughs) we've said those exact words. Yeah, but there is something to be said for that. I was thinking about that as well when I read this. Um, Yeah, some columns, I'm kind of like, why are you being so mean? It's not going to help anyone. Like, I didn't come here for judgment. And we we don't, we, we weren't like... The way the struggle bus was born wasn't one of us being like, since we know so many things that other people don't know, we should start a podcast and tell people what to do. Yeah. It was more like we have feelings and opinions and we love talking about this shit. It was more like you really helped me and then I guess I was helping you through some stuff. And was, I was like, there was well, some mutual helping let's going try on. to help other people if yeah. we can whilst hanging out. It was just an excuse to get to know you better, Sally, to be honest with you. I mean, mutual. <laughs> um, in conclusion, <laughs> please go to iTunes and rate us five stars and write us a review so we can read it on the show yeah um and tell your friends we would love to get um some more downloads and stuff yeah tell your friends awesome so this is an update first an email update from ginsburg that was the fake name uh we talked about an episode 31 shame shell um and they say dear kate and sally thank you so much for your thoughtful response to my email i wrote it a while ago but all of my questions and your answers were still relevant and helped me so much just to catch you up i just started my junior year of college i went to my first therapy appointment and although it didn't work out i am working on meeting with a new therapist and am not so anxious since i got that first appointment out of the way booyah yay i found some natural medicines that have been helping both the physical and mental aspects of my depression i'm working on cutting off ties slash adjusting relationships with toxic family members and i'm working to take better care of myself every day this includes little things like sometimes just sitting still and doing nothing when I need to and reminding myself that that's okay, journaling on a daily basis and finding activities and hobbies I love to do and focusing on doing them more often, like you recommended. I recently discovered how rad and empowering comic books and graphic novels can be. 
Fun Home, read Fun Home, that's mm-hmm. me, and have been taking frequent trips to my local comic book store. Again, thank you for your responses, and I'm definitely feeling more stable every day. I couldn't be happier that Struggle Bus comes out weekly now, and I appreciate you both tons, XOXO Ginsburg, and of course, there's a dog picture. What is the name of the dog? Do we know? Oh, I didn't want to say it, just right. ends the... Uh, well, for anonymity, it's sake. wearing a birthday hat, so I'm gonna. Yeah, think there's it's an adorable dog and a really adorable birthday hat. Yeah. It's definitely a gift for you. It's for me. Thank you so much, Ginsburg. Ginsburg, you are kicking so much ass. That's uh, really great. You're I, our self care hero. I don't want to talk too much about this because we have so much to talk about, but it's really great to hear that people, um, like for example, the therapy session didn't work out, but now knowing, like, okay, that was out of the way. I know what I don't want. Um, that's great. I know. I love that. Yeah. I love when people are, it's such a, it's such an easy way for people to be unreasonable yeah. and be like, I had this terrible session. So obviously therapy doesn't make any sense and I hate it. I'm never going back, which yeah. you would never do with like a dentist. I have had, yes, exactly. That's a gr- you know what? I was right? going to say something smart, but you said it better. Let's just end the episode Perfect. right there. Right there. Um, no, yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, So let's move on to our first thing, which is actually not an email. It's more of a discussion topic. Yeah. So Um, And so if you guys ever want to ask us something, but you don't want to get into details or you're worried about anonymity or something like that, you can always give us kind of a general outline of what you of what of what's happening and then we'll talk about it. Yes. So this person um, asked us to give advice in general about working with and hiring a friend who you're also in love with. Oh, and this person needs a name. Oh, um, what are we at right now with the names? I just, I, uh. What are you watching? Like, Friday Night Lights again. <laughs> I mean, let's, ne- let's go back to a, go back to the toolbox. I mean, the obviously, let's do it. Um, do you remember the mayor's name? I love that you brought her up. Uh, I, it's a deep how cut. about just the mayor? Okay, let's the call mayor. this person the mayor. This is from so the, the mayor. mayor wants to know. <laughs> yeah, so working with, and, and specifically the mayor is going to be, is thinking about, Hiring as a, I think, freelancer, mm, a, a contractor, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. person um, that Who they're, they're in, in love with, but they're not dating. That's important right. to the story. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I would say if you're friends and you're sort of in love with someone or know them and you have feelings for them, uh, do proceed with caution if you think you might have a relationship. Listen, you can have a crush on someone and think like, oh, it'll never happen. We can still work together. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel hesitant to work closely with somebody who I kind of want to start dating. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a great way to get to know people. But ultimately, if you do start dating and then, God forbid, it doesn't work out, then you have to fire them? Like, how does that work? Right. And also, that's illegal. Uh, Sally, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I my um, my instinct is to say it's a terrible idea to work with someone that you're in love with but not in a relationship with mm-hmm. <laughs> because you you could just torpedo one or both of the relationships. I mean, and it might not happen. It might be great. But I, I also feel like it could probably definitely not go well. And if, you know, what if, what if, you know, you, you would work really well in a romantic relationship with someone but work really badly in a work relationship with someone and you don't want to like torpedo the possibility of getting to be with them just because it turns out you aren't great together also I think it's especially because you're going to be their boss Mm -hmm. the mayor I think that's another kind of weird element I, I I tend to be very conservative about this kind of thing in the sense that I'm like never lend money to your friend never hire them never mix you know which I don't know if that's like right but it's not unheard of to be in a relationship with someone and maybe start a business with them and have it right, work right. out. And, you know, look at uh, Samantha Bee and Jason Jones, who, by the way, if you're not watching the Samantha Bee show, please start. Oh, I've never seen it. it. it oh. I'll check it out. I've it's heard it's awesome. Fucking amazing. Um, but, uh, and it's also, uh, you know, pretty common to meet people at a job and right. be like, oh, you know, I kind of like this person. That's totally uh, a normal thing. But I guess when you already know you like them yeah. and you are going to be their boss, I would say make the decision to either you know, ask them out or say this will never happen and hire them. Yeah. Don't secretly hope that they're going to, because what happens if they come to work one day and they're like, ugh, I still got laid last night and then you're angry and upset. You know what I mean? Like, Also, like, you you know, you don't have to resort to working with someone to get to know them better in this case because you already, this is your friend. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, but it's the only way I'm going to get to see them. Yeah. But I agree. There's other ways. Yeah, yeah. But I agree, Catherine, that if you're already in a relationship, you can do things like you can be like, let's try this thing together. And if A, B, and C happen, maybe we'll decide that this isn't going to work out or these are the boundaries or whatever. But you can't really do that before you're in a relationship also because you don't know if this person has feelings for you. And I I know that we got a lot of background and I know that it's not... 
um, there's like a dearth of contractors who can do the thing this person does. Mm -hmm. So you are in a tight spot. But I would still say if you have hope for potentially maybe being in a relationship, I would maybe not hire them. Yeah. And I think most of us have had that experience where we have a crush and a coworker and then having to hear about them meeting someone else. It breaks your heart, you know? I know. Um, Also, the whole thing. I not there's nothing wrong with this people do it all the time but like dating someone in your workplace mm. and then it goes south and then you have to see them all the time and you're just like Bleh. yeah I know uh, I mean that does happen but I would say if you already know you really like this person maybe uh, try hanging out with them socially in another way yeah maybe they can contract as your friend yes or get them a job with another person you know and then they could be like oh I want to take you out to thank you I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, make it I, transactional. Make it transactional. That, is that correct? I have no idea no, if that's was, right. I was problematic. Kidding, I wasn't kidding. I, I was sort of kidding. <laughs> okay, so the mayor, good luck and feel yeah. free to Tell update us. us. I'm, I'm curious, to be honest with you. I want to know what's going to happen. I do so. too. Um, okay, do you want me to read this one? Yes. This and we can use this person's name. Yes. Okay, and it is Heather. Hi, Heather. Hi, Heather. All right. A little background about me. I'm currently 19 and a freshman at college. I moved from the complete other side of the country because I wanted to get away from my hometown. I absolutely love university and I'm having a wonderful time. I came out when I was 14 and I'm out to my family and friends. I have no shame about who I am. Now here's where the struggle comes in. I just can't seem to find a date. I honestly don't understand how to talk to girls. I either end up uh, just friends with a girl or scaring her off. I had a girlfriend for about a year when I was 16, but we've broken up a long time ago and I haven't had a real girlfriend since then. I've had a couple of hookups or a situationship. Ooh, that's great. <laughs> it's the best. I, yeah, when I first read that, I, I got pretty excited. That's great. Situationship with friends, but it's all fizzled out in one way or another. All of my friends tell me that I'm so great and I have a wonderful personality and etc. I honestly think that I'm worthy of dating but can't get things together. I am a very outgoing and I'm very outgoing and love meeting new people. However, I usually go for other women who are quiet and introverted. My friends always tell me that I have to be the one to make the first move, but I always seem to get flustered and never know what to say. Anyway, any advice? Thanks, Heather. Okay. Sally, thoughts? Do you, are you like me in that you just want to say Heather's? I mean, I, 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 I can't not still have say. your DVD of Heather's at home. Ugh, so good. Mm, so okay, good. Heather, I guess. Is it good? I don't even remember. I like it's, oh, it's so good. It is still good, right? It stands up like no one's business. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It yeah, does, yeah, it's so, so, so good. Um, okay, so Heather, I think, I mean, a couple things. One, take comfort in the fact that no one actually knows how to approach someone they're attracted to. And anyone who does, I'm, I'm going to say that like, Five percent of them are cool, awesome, authentic, kind people, and the rest are like uh, full of themselves tool bags. Mm-hmm. So don't aspire to be someone who's like, I've got this romance thing all figured out, because those people are liars or jerks. I don't like those people. Um, <laughs> the other thing is maybe you can identify what it is that makes you get flustered. Um, I know that sounds ridiculous because it's sort of like, what doesn't get you flustered about approaching someone you're attracted to? Like everything. I mean. For me, anyway. Yeah, Um, yeah. But maybe you can identify some things and like sort of narrow it down and be like, okay, so this is the thing. How do I work around, you know, if it's like the very first part where you walk up to them, like maybe I can workshop some ways to approach people Mm -hmm. or or whatever. Um, If it's the rejection thing, I think that's just a matter of like realizing that it's fine to get rejected and practicing. Yeah. Um, And the other thing, I know I say this all the time, but like I just feel like online dating is amazing because you don't have to wonder if someone is there because they are interested in dating. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I I think approaching people is a lot easier. I don't know if it's a possibility where you are, but consider it. Yeah. You know, first of all, you do sound like everyone I know, (laughs) including me when I wasn't dating. It's like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I talk to this person? Um, So it, it sucks. But, you know, that's okay. I would avoid thinking like, you need an opening line or like, mm-hmm. I got to have that thing because I hate it when people do that to me. And I've never done it to anyone else. The way I approach um, meeting people that I might be interested in is kind of like the way I do with improv. I'm interviewing them as much as they're interviewing me. And also, I have no idea what's going to happen. So like, I just want to get to know them. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're at a party, it's like, oh, hey, where are you from? Or something like that. Um, and if you start to get a feeling about them, good. Yeah, 99.9% of the time, they may not be interested in you. And that's very normal. I definitely have had my share of rejection. And that is uh, okay. 
to reject people, by the way. Um, but I agree with Sally. Online dating is great. And another thing I love doing um, when I was single is taking classes mm. in things that really interested me that also scared me because it's a great way to like try something new with people mm. and who maybe have the same interests if you can and I'm like university classes I mean like a swing dance class or an improv class or something mm-hmm. like that it's I've always found a really fun way to sort of gain some confidence mm-hmm. in meeting strangers mm-hmm. do you know what yeah. I mean yeah that's a really good suggestion because I also feel like any queer get together whether it's like come to our like our vegan breakfast group or come to our rock climbing group or whatever it's all secretly actually just a dating thing oh, even yeah, though it's not yeah. meant to be so join any queer whatever and it'll be like it'll be only for dating and dating only oh yeah when I was a uh, single a while back I did meetup.com and I just wanted to meet other people who like jogging and eating and stuff like that and it was just really fun mm-hmm. I, and you know I made some friends it's like worst case scenario you make some friends that's true you know? god that sounds terrible I know no um but actually I I want to go back to something you said, Catherine, about yes. when you're interviewing, when you're being interviewed, you think about interviewing the other person because yes. that's what it is. And I think like when you when there's someone that you want to get to know, I, I agree that having an opening line and being like, hey, baby, are your feet tired? It's like, don't do that. Um, wait, so wait, stop there. Are your feet tired? What is the... Because you've been running through my mind there all day. It is, there it is. Go on. <laughs> um, so I, like, I don't mean have an opening line like that, but I mean, think about how you're approaching someone because, you know, there's some like initial attraction there, but you don't really know if you like them yet, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And so Maybe you're they're... interviewing them too. So you want to get to know them in the same way that you want them to get to know you. So you can like genuinely inquire things about them as the human being that they are. Yeah, I mean, opening lines, I've never been into them. And if you like introverted people, like you were saying, like, that's great. Um, yeah, it doesn't mean that you can't talk to them. Totally. Maybe they just don't want to talk to everyone. Yeah. yeah. I think like definitely getting comfortable with rejection and looking at. If you don't see it as rejection, though, that's yeah. the thing is like. That's true. That's a good if point. If they don't like you, why would you like them? Good point. You know, that's that's the way I tell myself to see it. But well said. No, that that's totally true. Yeah. And um, why I think, would you pine after someone who doesn't know you exist? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think, I mean, we kind of said this, I think, on the ep- on the episode last week, which is just that, like, getting to know people can be kind of low stakes. And so just, like, try to have fun with it. Try online dating. Yeah. Um, it's very funny. My a friend of mine has a great quote that is uh, pretty true for me sometimes. She goes, I don't date. I've never dated. I just become friends with everyone. And then all of a sudden, I fall in love with someone who falls in love with me. Perfect. And then we hook up and then we date. And I'm like... Yeah, that's interesting. That's, so get to know everyone. It's a good, it's a good way to live. Yeah. Um, okay, so Heather, keep us posted. Yeah, do. It sounds like you're doing great. And um, yeah. Okay, so. Situationship. I am going to get that emblazoned on something. Yeah, definitely. That's perfect. Um, okay, so this email is from someone who needs a name. And I definitely want to commit to Friday Night Lights. Yes. Uh, she, her pronouns. You want me to look up the mayor's name or. Um, no, let's go with like a different person. But I want to do someone not obvious. Right. Oh, but we just watched the pilot last night, so I'm just trying to think. But what's what's Matt? What's Grandma Saracen's name? Oh, just she's just known as Mrs. Saracen. I don't know her um, first name. I feel it's like Lorraine or sure. Loretta, but I, I made I also just made that up. You might be right. Do you want to look it up, guys? Yeah, this is happening. I also fourth wall. totally want to play her in that. I will play anybody in that Friday Night Lights adaption. Um, okay, so uh, Lorraine. It is Lorraine. Look at you. Okay, Lorraine. We are doing I've it. I've never been prouder of myself. I'm, I'm, oh my you impress me constantly, Jesus. Sally. That, you pulled that out. Oh boy. You All pulled right. that out. Uh-huh. Okay, so. Lorraine. This is from Lorraine. Hey, Kate and Sally. I have recently had trouble with a very old issue. Your most recent episode that was filmed live made me think to contact you about it. When I was much younger, I dated a guy from my high school. We went out for six years where the relationship spilled over from high school into me going to college. Naturally in college, I began to discover more about myself and changed a lot. This was mostly because I was able to actually be myself in the bigger in the bigger city my college was in more than when I was at home in high school in a small town. This, of course, was one of the bigger things that led me and my boyfriend at the time breaking up. The relationship was a really big part of my life. I have never really gotten along with my family and neither did he. We were both a bit of drama queens in high school. So to us, the relationship felt like it was us against the world. Because of us feeling this way and because and it being my first ever relationship, we got very close and were like each other's best friends. Then when I moved away to college, the relationship took a turn for the worse. I couldn't see him as much and began to change 
a lot. Then in my first year of college, we found out I was pregnant and I quickly scheduled to get an abortion. A year later, it happened again. He would often talk about having children after this happened or would say how sad he was that we had to have an abortion. A few months after this, he broke up with me saying he was interested in another girl. I know he sounds like a jerk, but after six years, I was devastated and went into a month-long depression. I was in love with this guy. He was one of the few people I could trust. This, among other things in my life, has led me to having problems getting emotionally close to and trusting people. Skip to four years later. I've now graduated college, am independent, and even though I don't have the job I want, I'm happy most days and am working to find a job that better fits with my degree and will help me advance my career. I have several partners. I'm bisexual and polyamorous, and we are all very happy. I'm still living in the same college town from where I graduated and and live about an hour away from the small hometown where I grew up. I have recently started feeling like I can get close to people again and want to do so. However, this past relationship is still bothering me. I am still very close friends with my ex's sister, and often when we get together, she will talk about how my ex is doing. Update, my ex has recently come out as transgender, is very liberal now, and we seem to now agree on a lot of things. I may have stalked him <laughs> on Facebook. I feel like to move forward with my life, I need to talk to this person. I think in the past, I built my ex up as this horrible person, and in doing so, have cut them out of my life. This was my first love. I still have moments when I miss them. I grew up with this person. We were each other's best friend. With them coming up in conversation between their sister and me, there's always this awkward gap since we haven't spoken in years. I feel the need to at least talk one last time and possibly find some closure. I feel like even if we can't be friends again, we should at least acknowledge each other's existence. I've always regretted how bad we left things. So finally, to get to the actual question, do you think I should talk to my ex? If not, how else should I move forward with me trying to fix my trust issues and the sense of hurting someone that was so integral in my life so long ago? I hope you can help. Um, okay, so this was, again, in reference to in the live show, uh, we addressed somebody who asked about finding closure with a friend that mm-hmm. they hadn't talked to in like 10 years mm-hmm. or something. And I think we said kind of like, why bother? Like, why do you want to have that closure talk? Like, you're I, done, you know, kind of thing. I believe that was when I also said that if a friend tries to make you have closure, they're an emotional terrorist, that was, which I stand by. That got such a great applause I thought that line. got booze, but I was told later by my friend Camille that it didn't get booze. Oh, no, it got like yays and like people I, were... I people rejecting me no people love I was dying that was amazing um that was my second favorite part of the show the first favorite part was of course when we uh misread that letter and instead of saying my man it was the person's mom you're welcome birdie that was great so anyway um I there's so much going on here here's the thing do whatever you want obviously um I think we all have that person who we we see them as a monster and then we're like but I miss them or it would be nice to have some closure I don't know how I feel about closure. I feel that if you're going to get in touch with this person, and again, going back to my improv game, you don't know what the script is going to be. You may end up getting hurt. Uh, You may not get the closure you want. If you want to do this, you really need to ask yourself what you want out of this with the full understanding that it may not happen for you. It could be great. Maybe you're going to be best friends. That's a possibility. But in general, unless I actually want to reconnect with someone because I'm genuinely curious how they're doing and want to say hi, I don't believe in the closure thing. And I will say this, I'm sure this person also has gotten, you know, older and wiser and and probably does feel bad about the things they did to you and maybe you did things to them or whatever because it was a young relationship. We all fucked up when we were younger and we did things that we didn't feel good about. But anytime I have reconnected with someone who was very cruel to me and I don't know. It's weird. I rarely am. I'm friends with exes. I'm friendly with them. But I have never felt the desire to be like, I want this person back in my life. Mm-hmm. There's one ex I would, but he doesn't want me in his life. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, there's that. Mm-hmm. Sally, what do you think? I, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I think that in situations like this, what I like to ask myself is, would I be unsatisfied with this interaction if they didn't say what I ho- what I'm hoping they're say what what I'm hoping they will say, or if they respond in a way that I don't want or wasn't anticipating, will I still be happy that I said this? And if the answer is yes, then go for it. Um, but if the answer is that you're hoping to, you know, smooth things over or um, kind of come to a place where you guys can be friendly with each other again, or quote unquote, find closure about things that happen, that that's kind of a different thing because you just don't know if this person is going to give you that. And if they don't and you're going to be, you're going to feel like you still don't have closure and you still feel like this is a thing you can't move on from, then it will have kind of all been for naught. Um, And I also just think that closure is a thing that a lot of times we 
achieve by examining things ourselves Mm -hmm. and like inside us. Yes, like you don't necessarily need that person. In fact, I mean, this is a horrible example, but um, when you have a loved one who's dying or a parent or something like that, even if you know they're dying and you're at the hospital, you don't get closure just by saying goodbye. Like that happens later within you. It's it's something that, yeah, I think you're right. You don't need to hear from that one person like, goodbye and I'm sorry. It still doesn't mean you have closure. But one other thing I want to touch on, you said you have uh, trust issues and you're trying to move forward. It sounds to me like you've been moving forward. You are happy and polyamorous and also bisexual. Yes, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, that You have a lot of trust mm-hmm. because to have multiple partners, you have to have a lot of trust. So mm-hmm. it sounds to me like I don't know why you're feeling you haven't moved forward because everything else sounds like you're just being a normal person in mm-hmm. the world who has some problems like we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you miss this person and you, you're you prepared to hear a difficult thing from them, um, I say go for it. Yeah. Reach out to them. I also just think that like the idea of closure is a thing that we can like investigate mm-hmm. and see if it's a thing that like we can ever achieve. Do we even have to? Is it, is it okay if when we think back about a relationship, we're like, man, I really learned a lot from that and would have done a lot of things differently. And it's fine to feel that way. I don't think everything needs to always be like tied up in, in a neat little package. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess the other thing I would say is like, you you said, if not, how else should I move forward with me trying to fix my trust issues and sense of hurting someone that was so integral in my life? And I think like, it sounds like you've, you're connecting what happened in that relationship to the way you behave now. And of course, things that happen to us inform, uh, you know, our lives and our decisions going forward. But now that that relationship is over, you can't really fix what's going on now by going back to what happened with that person. You can go back to what happened with yourself and like Mm -hmm. how you acted in the relationship and what you did and how you were a part of whatever dynamic you feel like was unhealthy. And I think once you get to the bottom of that, that's going to go a lot more towards helping with what you call your trust issues. And this is not to say that you can't reconnect and become friends. I mean, that's possible. That's definitely happened. You know, I'm not saying don't do that. I think what we're saying is like, just understand that it... Figure out what you really want from this, mm-hmm. you know. And I also noticed you're friends with his uh, ex sister, ex your ex's sister, right? Yeah. You get together, that's cool. If she's bringing up the ex and talking about how they're doing and stuff, if that's bothering you, just tell her not to do it because mm-hmm. I'm half the people at that party. Um, I've known for like a long time and I was dating a guy for seven years and he's best friends with half those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a point where I was like, I just don't want to hear how he's doing because it's, it's too hurtful, mm-hmm. you know, and we can still hang out and like not talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a huge thing. It sounds like it's like a major trigger for you to start thinking about this stuff. So just nicely ask if they can not. Yeah. Ugh. I do miss this ex though. We were really good friends. We were friends for seven years and then we started dating and then we dated for seven years. Wow. That's a long time. And this is the one that doesn't want to talk to you? Yeah. It was a long story short. We were really close and uh, I just, I loved him to pieces, but he never wanted to move forward and get married or have kids or live together. He has, you know, Mm -hmm. a kid and we were very close as well. And um, I had to make a really hard decision to say like, I do want to meet somebody who wants to live with me and maybe Mm -hmm. have a child and other things. Um, so I don't fault him for anything and I miss him terribly and I want to be friends with him again, but he's he's upset and I do understand that and I have to respect yeah. that. And there's no way we're going to get total closure. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, all I can do is think about the good times and stuff. <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> sorry I made you cry, Sally. Excuse no, me. That's a cough. No, I just had like a major coughing attack. Um, yeah. No, I think, um, I think that is like awesome because – you it's not you know it's not awesome that there was like sad and hurt but it's awesome that it's like okay like this happened it's past I wish we could have a relationship as friends but since we can't okay I have all the good stuff that happened Mm -hmm. I mean period I just I think that like the idea of closure is can is potentially one of these like fake weird things that were made to think that we need and and sometimes it's not fake and weird and people need to have it and they should have it and so on yeah but I think it's a thing that we are made to feel like we have to achieve and I don't want to say selfish as a bad word but there is something selfish about I want closure I need this you know and um that's a good thing to take care of yourself but maybe you can do it without 
getting involved with the other person again. Yeah, and I mean, and it's one of those things where if you need it, then you should provide it for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. But do get in touch if you want to catch up. Mm-hmm. Eh, right? Yeah. Maybe. I no, I think, wait, I'm, I know we talked about this for like 100 hours. But I, I could talk about this for like 10 more hours. But I, do, I do think that if your intention is to reconnect because you want to, you genuinely want to know how they're doing and you genu- genuinely want to have some sort of contact with them, mm-hmm. that is a totally different thing. But I think we, we like forget to actually like interrogate our motives and be like, do I want to get back in touch because I want to get something out of, specific out of this interaction? And if you yeah. do, I think that's a reason to like, you know, tap yeah. the brakes for a second. And I will say, I'm, I'm going to keep this so quick because we need to move on and you need to go to work. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of you know I don't talk to my dad. He's still alive. And I really did try to do the closure thing with him several times and every time I got hurt um, and he got hurt and like it just never worked. And I'm like, I will never get closure from him. I have got to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I'm not saying that, you know, my dad is anything like your ex, but I I learned a very hard lesson that I I can't expect other people to do the things for me that I need. You have to do it yourself. Yeah, man. So there's that. Yikes. We are really getting into it today. Um, Okay. So Lorraine, good luck with everything. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, again, do keep us posted because we do want to hear. Yeah. We always love to hear updates. And if you want us to read them, we will. And if you don't, just tell us to please not read it. Yes. On the air. That is. Good call. You want to do one more? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Do you have time? I do. Okay. This is from someone who we actually answered a question of theirs in episode 35, Corgi in a Bowtie. And it was the person who was a cutter and they um, recently were diagnosed with um, some mental illnesses and wanted to know about who to tell and how to deal with it. And they also wrote another question. So we want to um, uh, answer it again. Do we want to give a fake name? This is from Joyce. Oh, so this is a fake name. Yeah. Okay, great. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Buffy's mom, Joyce. Joyce Summers. That is correct. There we are. Okay. Hi again. So I mentioned that I was in theater. I love the arts. It's a community that I've always felt supported in and safe. While I can't do theater as my life, which sucks, I do keep my contacts in the community and help people a lot with directing readings or reading scripts they are considering for something or sitting in on some rehearsals when they feel that something isn't working but can't quite figure out what. You know, just a second set of eyes. Recently, I went to a few rehearsals, and when I walked in, the people I knew were so kind, I immediately felt at ease, which was what I needed. But naturally, my life came up, and I was really vague because things are really hard for me right now. I should be given a gold medal for sitting up in, up in bed in the morning. Anyway, I mentioned that I had a bit of a crush on a girl, but it wasn't going to go anywhere because I'm just not in a place where that can happen right now. One person I've known for some time then said, oh, because you're not out, out, and everybody laughed. I don't feel the need to walk around announcing who I like to sleep with, as I don't think anybody should. I'm a really private person who doesn't talk about my personal life because it's always been such a shit show. If you were to ask me, I would tell you, but I don't go around asking randos who they date, so I don't expect to be asked. Don't know if that made any sense. It does to me, uh, Joyce. So that comment was the end of the break, and we got back to work. Then at lunch, I started having a lot of anxiety and took a moment backstage, Um And another person remarked when they saw me, "Uh uh-oh, never thought I'd see the day where your crazy would show. Again, laughter from everybody. I made it through the day and the rest of the weekend because I had committed to it, but it was really, really difficult. I now feel like I have no safe space. I know I'm in a shit place right now, so I'm not sure if I'm overreacting to this situation. I'm now terrified that I have the word crazy tattooed on my forehead and I'm a bad lesbian because I don't tell strangers that I date women. I want to be mad, but don't know if I have cause to be. The director, who I don't know all that well, asked if I can come back in a couple weeks, and that thought alone gives me anxiety. What are your thoughts on this? Am I being completely ridiculous? I should also mention that my shrink has been playing medication musical chairs with one of my medications, so I'm trying something new. Sally. Okay, um, Joyce, I guess the first thing I would say is, like, I wonder if, it sounds like the this community is kind of a, a teasy type of group of people. Maybe that just isn't a fit for you. Um, I don't like to be teased at all. I'm really bad at being teased for I don't even know why. Really, I reasons. love it. No, <laughs> no, but some people tease. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like, I mean, in some people's families, it's like a way of communicating is like teasing each other, and I, I just I can't get into it. Um, and so for that reason, when like teasy people, I stay away from, and it sucks because you, I mean, it would suck to stay away from an entire community that you feel like is your safe space. But maybe there are people you can avoid. Maybe there are other theater communities you can be a part of that are less teasy. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can. Um, talk to the people that are teasy and be like, hey, I'm pretty, uh, I'm, I'm kind of not into this vibe. Is it cool if maybe 
I don't know if that if that's like a thing you can possibly yeah, so do. So I but. raised my finger at Sally um, when she said maybe there's other theater people. And I was like, not so. So I did a lot of thinking about this because I don't mean to say, I don't mean to give them an excuse. And I don't mean to say that this is everybody. But there is a very, as an actor, there is a, a kind of, it's an acceptable vibe where you can talk about anything and ask anyone anything because actors are supposed to be feeling people who can talk about anything and I have had this problem in plays where people get way too personal or a director gets way too personal and they see you as not a team player if you don't tell them everything about yourself and they think it's okay to talk about whatever they want um and yes they're very teasy I'm not saying actors are bad people they are not I just know that when you're in a theater group you spend a lot of time together and it becomes like a weird little family. Mm. I don't mean to say weird, but it's a different dynamic. And I do recognize this. So I agree with you, Sally. Maybe this is not for you right now because, um, and again, I'm an actor, but I have had this problem in every single theater company I've ever been in. Um, I've been guilty of it. I've definitely noticed myself doing it. I don't think it's okay. Unfortunately, it is the sort of culture of the mm. theater. You're getting naked in front of each other. You're doing makeout scenes together. It's a very weird dynamic. And it's also in a very uh, different way. You're in the trenches together. Like you're in a show together. You're taking care of each other. So it feels like it's okay to ask anyone anything. Mm -hmm. I don't think when the person said, I never thought I'd see the crazy, I, I know you're taking it the way that that it, the hurt way and I'm not defending the person who said it but I hope you understand that I don't think they actually think you're crazy okay so that's first off you're also on different medications you're recently diagnosed with a new thing you're very sensitive right now with that and that is totally okay so yeah that would fucking piss me off too um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't feel like these people are doing it to be mean or evil but unfortunately if you want to continue to work with them, I think they might be completely open for you saying, like, hey, listen, I'm a little private about some things. I'm a little bit more shy, but I love working with you guys. Would it be okay if you didn't ask me these questions? I'm pretty sure some of them would feel pretty bad. So mm -hmm. if you do want to be a part of it, um, and I, I am fully uh, of the belief that this is not okay in environment, and there's been a lot of um, seminars and talks and articles about this in the theater community of like, hey, stop being so, you know, touchy, grabby, mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. like I have had people like sexually like touch me inside my places as a joke off stage because we did a scene together on stage where they were touching me. That's not okay. I, I think you should, if you want to say something, if you do want to work with them, uh, I'm not defending their actions. I'm just saying that I, I understand they're not doing it because they think you're crazy or they hate you. It's sort of and a really annoying way of teasing. But I, I don't want to defend this behavior, but I guess if this does mean a lot to you, bring it up maybe. Yeah. You don't have to tell them all your personal stuff at all. Yeah, I think, I mean, I definitely think that if someone outs you when they know that you're not out, I think that is definitely a separate thing that you should yes. address with Sorry, them. Sorry, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't even touch that part. Yeah, that's yeah, but, not okay. No, yeah, that that's not okay. Um, the other thing though is that you you said maybe you're overreacting, and I'm I don't really like I'm not in the business of telling people whether or not their reaction was like commensurate with what happened. Mm -hmm. But I do think from what you described, like you don't have quote unquote crazy labeled on you. Like I I don't really think that either of these things are like huge social like gaffes that you can't recover from. They do seem pretty minor to me if, mm -hmm. if it helps to have some perspective. Um, the other thing is like I, I did notice that in a few different places in the email you mentioned that you don't like announce who you sleep with and you don't go up to people and ask them who they sleep with and you don't tell strangers who you date and it sounds like the thing of like being out feels really really extreme to you that like that if you are out to a lot of people then you're like announcing who you are and you're asking you know strangers to know intimate details about you and I think like that is totally cool to everyone has different levels of feeling comfortable with how out quote unquote they want to be but it sounds like you are not that comfortable with being that out and I think that that's while that's totally fine to go back to what Catherine was saying I feel like the culture of theater and like theater people is a place where people are very comfortable being really out about everything they're not a very queer friendly historically right, environment but, right but yes not but, even not even but just that, doesn't that. Mean, I mean well no 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 what I was going to say is I mean that's important that theater is a really queer friendly place but I was actually just going to say that I think 
theater people are really out about everything emotionally. Like they're kind of sometimes you can like you can tell an actor because they're sort of like emotionally spilling out, you know, like their boundaries are like a little blurry sometimes. And I think that just kind of repeating what you what you're saying, I think that um, like people who act together, sometimes that can be a boundaryless place to be. Yeah. And so maybe and it shouldn't be there. Sh- I there. This needs to change. I completely think um, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I just want to say every workplace has a different kind of culture. And I don't think it's OK that Wall Street is male dominated and they make you be aggressive and go out and, you know, uh, play golf to network. I don't think that's OK either. Like and unfortunately, theater has a history of this being a very open bound boundaryless thing where if you're not free then you're just you're not in touch with yourself then you're not really an actor or you're not really artsy it's like I completely disagree you can be an amazing actor totally artsy the most talented person and you don't have to tell anyone fuck all about your personal life Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so I mean I guess sorry (laughs) the thing I was gonna say is like maybe you can decide between not hanging out with these people when you feel really vulnerable and then you can also think about maybe trying to see if this is a community that you can have that that you might be able to change in some ways and mm-hmm. have some conversations about you know things that might cross boundaries and things that are appropriate and maybe they'll be like this is how we do it we don't want to change like mm-hmm. go do your own thing somewhere else and then you can maybe think about starting some kind of a thing with people who are more respectful of each other's boundaries and you know who are really into acting and are really into theater mm-hmm. um but kind of do it in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in, in summation, I didn't mean to say like apologizing for their behavior and I don't mean to call all actors monsters. Um, it's just something that I have noticed a trend of and I do understand. I, I've seen it happen and I'm really sorry. And I think that if you do want to become a part of it with these people, saying something might be a good idea and you do not have to tell them again anything about your mental health. You can just say, I'm a little bit private. I'd rather not talk about that. Or, you know, I just don't want to talk about my relationships. Mm-hmm. That is okay. And if they don't accept that, oh, man, fuck them. Yeah. But I'm telling you, the actors are also really sensitive. And anytime I've had somebody say, hey, could you not do that? I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You're mm-hmm. right. That was totally inappropriate. So, yeah. I don't know. So, um, it's not your job to change the world, though. So, if you're uncomfortable, don't go. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Joyce, good luck with everything. Yeah. Feel free to let us know how it goes. Yeah. I hope that all made sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a weird, it's a very complex topic of workplace culture yeah. and different workplace environments. Yeah. I think I think we were really thorough and I I, I personally think we knocked it out of the park and I it mean, made a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, God, oh, God, sorry. It's okay. the mic. Um how are we on time? We should get out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. Right. So it is time for the song. Yes, it is. And uh, real quick, again, tweet at us at strugglebuspod. Email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. We're doing the show weekly now, so we're like going through these letters and we're getting all these amazing questions. Use the hashtag strugglepodbuds420. Tell us if your infant is listening to the show and whose voice they respond to. And um, take a can, snap a pic of their birth oh, certificate so we can see when they were born and we can verify it. It'll be it. fun. Um, and you can tweet at Sally T or me at SBK Heller. So, Sally, I didn't get any responses from my song of the week last week. Not a single person. So I'm going to go ahead and take that as a no. Remind me what it was. It was the Brand Van 3000 song that I thought was kind of beautiful. No, that that is a good song. Thank you. Um, But I'm going to go back to my power ballad roots. I think that's the correct thing to do. I don't know if you guys know this, but... More Than Words by the band Extreme is one of the best songs ever written. I think we can agree. The video is mesmerizing. Watch the video. It never gets old. It was released in 1990. I'm sure you remember their album Porno Graffiti. You know, I don't know. I didn't have MTV as a kid. Oh, well, it was on regular rotation um, in the early 90s. Mm. And I I guess I was reading the Wikipedia entry on the song, and it says that it was a, it's an acoustic song. Acoustic song. It's beautiful. Um, And, but it was a detour from the band's funk metal style, which I didn't know they had. I remember every guy in high school learned how to play this. And we all had to learn the harmony, and they'd sit Um, on the grass and be like, let's sing that song. And I'm like, oh my God, are we boyfriend, girlfriend? That sounds terrible. But I'm also so totally behind I w- I really dug that. Uh, um, so it Earl, was actually- that's a shout out to you. I had a big crush on you and you played that song. Go on. So this was written actually by Cheryl Galambos McLaughlin. I have no idea who that is, but what? someone I think not in the band. <gasps> oh, no way. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, and I have to say, this song is about how when you say I love you, 
all the time, it becomes meaningless. And so like, what's a thing you can say where it's it's like the, the like, I love you, but like to the 10th power. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I am a frequent I love you are. I tell people I love them all the time. I tell my girlfriend constantly. I tell oh, so friends in text. But I always mean it. Well, you emoji it. And that to me means a lot more. I also emoji it. But sometimes I'm like, man, I say this so much to so many people that I need another thing to say because I feel like it's losing its. Because if, if you hear someone say I love you all the time, you're just like, ah, I get it. Loses its meaning. Aww. So usually with these power ballads, I'm like, check out this cheesy thing I ironically love. I mean, I actually do really love it, but I, I'm ironic about the content. I'm not ironic about this content, you guys. This is a beautiful song and I'm not afraid to admit I think that. And if you don't know what you're about to hear it, and also I will say that, Sally, if you want to learn this, with me and I'll do the harmony with you we can maybe maybe serenade the listeners the next episode one thing you may not know about me is that I'm completely and utterly tone deaf okay it doesn't matter I it's it's really an assault on the listeners ears we can figure something out I I I say we try it maybe you can auto-tune me we can auto-tune it okay oh my gosh let's totally do like a remix (laughs) um so yeah this is a great choice uh again I think you won this round Sally can I I won the battle but not the war (laughs) not the war I want to make an apology to our listeners. The last episode should have definitely been titled Marshmallow Goes to the Gynecologist. And I feel like I really dropped the ball. I didn't mind Winona Ryder. I'm glad you say that because... But I also didn't think of it either. Man, I feel like I really blew it. But I I feel happy with Winona Ryder because it's Winona Ryder. And we also, we talked about Heathers today. So everyone, please, please just go watch a Winona Ryder movie, preferably from before, I would say like, 1998. Listen, Marshmallow and also uh, I think it was June was the name of the person who wrote mm-hmm. in who is the uh, works in a clinic. I will write that book. All right. Yes. I will do it. It's going to be a kid's book. I'll write it. I'll put it online. Write it and Mary can illustrate it. Oh my goodness. What a great idea. It's done. All right. Well, there's the ambulance. I got to go. That's my ride. <laughs> hey. All right. So thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. Bye.
Thank you.